Well, reason for the call today, John, is... Welcome to Internal Use Only. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. If you have 60 seconds, I'd like to share the idea with you. Got a minute? A podcast for wholesalers. Always be closing. Always be closing. By wholesalers. Blue Horseshoe loves Anacott Steel. Okay, before we get started, I have one question. Has anyone here passed a Series 7 exam? I have a Series 7 license. Good for you. You can get out. Let's cut to the chase. Here's your host, Dan Sullivan. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Internal Use Only Podcast. It has been a couple of weeks, so thank you so much for the patience as we get some more content and episodes out your way. New listeners, welcome, and if you are a recurring listener, it's wonderful to have you back. We have a short episode on tap for today, a little bit different. We don't have an interview, but because it is the end of November, I'm sure you have all experienced the same way that I have a gauntlet of conferences and events basically stretching from after Labor Day up until now, let's say early or mid-December. It is the hot time in the industry to have these events. I've typically found that you've got September, October, November, and then on the beginning of next calendar year, February, March, April, where a lot of the conferences and events are condensed to a short period of time. So I thought I would put together a thought piece on the five best things that happen at conferences and the five worst things about conferences and events. So this is just purely informed by my experiences. I'm sure that many of you sales professionals out there have had a similar experience, so I'm not sure if this one's going to be more entertaining and fun to the sales folks, or hopefully informative and educational for our conference organizers, who we tend to spend thousands of dollars with and need to start justifying return on investment for those conferences. But either way, I thought this would be fun and entertaining. As always, if you like what we're doing on the show, check out our Instagram page at Internal Use Only Podcast. We'll be putting in some work into the actual Instagram page, which I'm excited about for the next calendar year. Outside of that, send an email over to internaluseonlypodcast at gmail.com. I check that almost daily. I'll get back to you if you want to suggest either a topic to discuss, a guest to have on the show, or if you want to just banter and share ideas or thoughts based on what you've listened to today or on any other episodes. I love the community engagement. Actually got some great responses from the last episode on custom gift giving. So if you haven't checked that out, please do. I am rambling way too much. It is a Sunday today in November. There's a million sports on. Let's get to today's episode, the best and worst things attending conferences and events. So first and foremost, let's just set the stage on what the actual conference and event circuit looks like for the sales professional. It's going to vary certainly by firm, by what channel you're covering, who your ideal clients and prospects are, and then of course, the actual event that you are attending. All of them have different purposes, which are going to introduce a various set of speakers or educational sessions, entertainment along the way, all of that. But at at its core, we as sales professionals care about a couple of different things. A, physically being there in attendance so that our we represent our territory, our firm and products, and are there amongst our competitors just so that we're not really missing any chance to catch up with our clients or prospects while a competitor is, right? 
And then I think second is the overall budgeting prospect. A lot of times, either the individual wholesaler is going to have a large portion of his T&E budget dedicated to a specific event, or for the more large-scale events, there's probably some type of contractual sponsorship that could be anywhere in the tens of thousands of dollars to even higher, which is going to get you access to, let's say, sponsorship and a booth, maybe sponsor a speaking session. And as part of that sponsorship, it's going to come with you know, any one of individual registration. So it could be uh, an external wholesaler and national accounts coming on, could be an external and his, his or her internal. So really, I'm just talking generally about setting the stage for this experience. So we've committed a certain amount of money. And now over the course of, let's say, one to three days, maybe longer, we're going to have a few representatives from the team at this event. So now let's talk about this from the sales perspective. What are the best things, meaning when you leave an event as a salesperson, like what makes you feel good? What are the best possible outcomes when you attend these events? And I'm not talking about this bullshit article that you might read about the 10 reasons to attend X, Y, and Z conference next year. I'm talking about live opinions and perspective from the salespeople that attend and sponsor these events. And then on the flip side of that, what are the worst things? They're not necessarily complaints, although I'm sure we'll get to some aspects that probably seem that way. I'm just talking about the inconveniences or the areas that I sometimes see inefficiencies with when I attend some of these events. So let's go through this now in no particular order. The first best thing that can possibly happen to a sales professional at a conference and event is coincidentally and perfectly casually running into that one or two people that you have to see. As an example, cocktail hour just started, or maybe you're in a buffet line for lunch, and then someone casually walks over to you. You have no idea who they are because you don't have pictures and bios yet, or maybe you do and you stalk them on LinkedIn. But either way, that person has now just seamlessly cozied up either in front of you or behind you in that line, setting the stage for an absolutely perfect casual interaction. You didn't have to go chase them down. You didn't need to go scout them out or interrupt another conversation. Small talk has been made. And as an added benefit, that might transition perfectly into either sitting down together for lunch as you pick up your food or it leads you to have that side conversation that you knew you had to have over cocktail hour. It's just magically put together simply because that person coincidentally and casually ran into you somewhere at a point in time that worked for you. That is the first best outcome I I personally felt. Second, meeting people that you've had conference calls and Zooms with, but have never met in person. So this is certainly, certainly going to have a you know, an impact from COVID, depending on how often people are traveling. It's 20, it's the fall of 2022 right now. Everybody should be fully out there. There should be no excuses anymore. However, some people are either harder to pin down or it's easier to book a meeting that's either a phone call or a Zoom. And there's always this really interesting interaction when you actually meet that person for the first time. Like maybe they're significantly taller than you would have thought. Uh, like someone you had a zoom call with and it's like, holy shit, this person's like six foot six. I really did not anticipate that. What's their personality like in and around other folks, cocktail hour, networking events in sessions Were they super quiet and reserved on these calls, but then you've seen a different side of their personality. And now, you know, they're a little bit more warm or they're more friendly, which is going to make me communicating with you via email calls and text much easier. Those are all things that you got to love. Um, I would maybe a two a here is because you're seeing these people in person again, if it's at a, let's say it's at a a top producers event or a place where all the attendees are from one firm, 
maybe a couple firms. It is awesome for salespeople to really catch up on the internal drama or internal politics. As the kids in the world say today, spilling the tea. Because we have had so many more virtual interactions, the second best thing about attending conference is actually meeting those people in person and then observing like how they're similar or how they're different from those uh, digital personas, if you will. Third best thing, getting positive feedback either from a client, whether it is words of encouragement, maybe an example of them successfully either investing in one of your products and they're there if they're an advisor and their clients use it, them loving it. If you're a service provider, chatting with your clients about a good experience that they've had, consider this the absolute jackpot for salespeople. And the reason why that is a jackpot is because as the salesperson, it actually makes you feel so goddamn good for a few reasons. First, it makes you feel like you're actually doing your job well. I know that's a a novel concept sometimes, but we all know that sales can be such a fucking grind. And when you just get someone to unprompted give you that good feedback or experience, you're just like, okay, puts a smile on your face, gets you excited, gets you ready to go, makes you more excited and happy to be at this event. Second, you know now as a salesperson, you can use this story and repurpose it for your clients, your future conversations with prospects. So immediately once you get that live interaction, like if you're anything like me, I'm ensure that I borrow that story and that I incorporate it into all my future conversations or sales pitches in the best way possible or when it's appropriate to use it. Third uh, is going to be the ability to then share this back towards the home office. So obviously conference and events, because they are a high dollar amount, you want to make sure that it's relevant for us to be there or that it's not a complete waste of time. So when you get that good feedback or that positive energy from a client, you want to package that shit up. You want to send it probably in an all too formal email, and you're going to immediately, immediately send that out to either your divisional manager, national sales manager, head of sales, national accounts, like whoever that might be. So for those three reasons, it's awesome to get that positive client interaction or uh, anecdote about them actually like investing or using a product or service that you provide. Bonus, bonus idea here is that you're going to hit the mega jackpot if you find out about a sale or a deal that you've been working on prior to the conference, if you get the answer that it's going to go through at the conference and event, like that is awesome. That makes it worthwhile to be at the event. Moving forward. So the fourth best aspect of conferences and events. Now, I wonder if this is going to be, I don't want to say controversial, but I could see there being different opinions on this. But I think the sessions, depending on the conference that you go to, are sometimes the best part. Like We as sales professionals are only going to be as useful as we can be informed and educated on what's happening in the either day in and day out, trends, things impacting the clients and prospects that we work with. So a lot of times you'll end up being at these conferences with some either really great individual sessions or even guest speakers that are hard to access that are going to be a part of the conference experience because it's such a large scale event. So those things I've always found to be really cool. Um, One shout out that I will give is to the CFA Society of Denver. It seems like they always throw a pretty great annual dinner with some really good, really good um, speakers there that show up and great community folks out there in Colorado. And lastly, the locations of these events. So the fifth best thing about conference and events is 
There's no surprise that we are very fortunate to be in an industry where we do have large budgets and where we can go to these events in these beautiful spots. I mean, Dana Point, California is almost like a mecca of sorts where salespeople will at some point make that pilgrimage and flock over there, not for necessarily a religious experience, uh, but for what is a tried and true location for asset managers or other firms to have conferences. Uh, Colorado, too, I mentioned that, like really anywhere along the coast, Florida, so many different locations where it's just awesome to be at, whether you want to sample the restaurants, um, find a new place to work out. Typically, we are we are spoiled uh, with good weather, good hospitality, food and drinks, all of that. And that concludes my breakdown of the five best things about attending conferences and events. Let's move over to five of the worst things about conferences and events in no particular order again. Although this one, I think, is probably just like the number one going to piss me off no matter what. First, getting no list beforehand. Uh, and or that list being sent in an absolute terrible format. So much like Thor, for any of you Marvel fans out there, Thor without his trusted hammer is like a salesperson without a list. How do we know who's actually attending? How am I going to split up this list by client or prospect types? How am I going to partner with my internal and get the word out to them to either book a meeting or to send over some information ahead of time, letting them know to come to my booth? You've got to have a list. You need to have that five to seven days in advance. In an ideal world, it's in Microsoft Excel, so you can easily filter it. But sometimes you have to just convert it either from a PDF or a Word file. All I'm suggesting here is like for us salespeople, all we need is a list, just name, email, firm. Like that's probably the bare minimum. And just like give that to us in advance and we'll be super happy. So I hate it when there's no list given or if that list is given in a shitty format and it's like super difficult for the salesperson and the sponsor to even know like who is attending and what firms they're at. So that's number one worst thing that can happen at conferences and events. Now that we're actually in the event itself, we'll go through a couple of other ones. So here's the second one, setting up the booth and taking down the booth. What a nightmare situation, right? Like, does anybody have fun doing this? Not to mention that as the sales reps, Guys or girls, we're mostly dressed up. So we're here like moving fucking cardboard boxes, setting up tablecloths that need to be ironed, putting a bunch of trinkets on our table. And there's really like, there's no way that it can be done by anybody else besides the sales rep and whoever's attending. So it's just one of those things and those habits of conferences and events that you just absolutely hate. Um, sometimes conference sponsors will have people there to help set up. But honestly, it's just like, Eh, we have to do it. Um, it always sucks. In an ideal world, you run through enough of your materials at the end of the conference that you really have to A, like ship back minimal boxes, or B, you can just like avoid it almost completely and just get that banner back. So setting up uh, and taking down the booth is certainly one area of conference events that I hate, and I'm sure everyone listening in hates. Um, all we really need to do is get it set up, hope people come around, take my picture, send it back to my manager or marketing team for whatever LinkedIn post they might do, and then just call it a day on booth setup and takedown. So it's very similar, but not exactly the same. My third worst aspect of conferences and events is bad booth locations. I could do another episode entirely dedicated to just, as my friends and I lovingly call it, booth bitch duty. 
Sales professionals were eyeing each other ruthlessly as we look around and notice that everyone's got the exact same style banner or exact same kind of marketing, uh, exact same kind of trinkets. Really, it's like we're just hoping that our booth is the place to be amongst all of the other booths and wherever they're going to be located. But also one thing that's incredibly frustrating outside of just like when you're, let's say you're in one big vendor hall and it's like literally just 65 booths. You're like, okay, sick. Glad that we're all sitting here looking at each other. Uh, like lost souls here as the conference attendees maybe come in, maybe they don't. Um, what really is frustrating is when the, the sponsors' tables are either in a completely separate room, as in like their sessions and all the activity is, is completely somewhere else within a, like a hotel or a ballroom kind of setup. Like that completely sucks. Just gives no reason for any of the attendees to actually run over or stop by unless they are one of those people that just goes by and does a grab bag and drive by and throws in all the trinkets and shit into one massive bag without ever communicating or speaking to the salespeople. Um, but I digress. Uh, second would just be having the booths be in an area where there's like no foot traffic. I've attended a couple of events in the last year and a half where straight up like the sponsors and the booths are in a fucking hallway that are way out of touch or out of range for anybody at the conference. So you're just like sitting there wondering like, what the hell am I doing here? No one is visiting. It's almost like the sponsors of these conferences are deliberately telling all of us salespeople to shove it up our ass and just not be around at all because we're relegated to being in a space where there's like no foot traffic whatsoever. So sorry if I'm venting a little bit here, filling up the old hate tank, but bad booth locations just is so depressing and sad uh, when you're at an event. The next one on my list is one that I hate to love, love to hate. It is the early morning sessions that start at 7.30 or 8 a.m. the first morning of the conference, which follows the opening ceremony, which essentially was like five to seven hours of structured drinking. It's like you wake up in the morning, everybody is groggy as shit. There's puffy cheeks, bloodshot eyes, some hint of regret, some people that you knew are absolutely sleeping in. Um, and the reason I brought this one up is because I had a, a conference organizer in the past couple of years come up to me one morning. I don't know why they decided to speak to me. And they were really, like a little bit disappointed that there was nobody at the session. It was like 8 o'clock in the morning. I think breakfast started at 7.15. And almost jokingly, I was like looking around the room and I'm like, well, it's because everyone was getting fucking wasted last night or drinking pretty excessively. It's like, I mean, I'm sure there's a small fraction of the audience that doesn't drink. But I pulled out the agenda and I'm like, okay, so it was opening session cocktails the night before, the afternoon before from 4.30 to 7. Everybody had a designated dinner group where they were heading out from anywhere, let's say like 7.30 to 8 for dinner. So all of a sudden you look at your calendar for your first night of the conference and you get cocktails that start at 4.30. Then you have dinner, all expenses paid dinner at like great restaurants. So people are kind of have this window of time from essentially 4.30 p.m. to, I don't know, maybe 11 if they overextend it, you know, like many, many find themselves in a situation in, uh, at conferences and events, then you've got a pretty long runway of people drinking, and then they're going to obviously not feel so great the next morning at 7.30 or 8. Fifth one, competition, clearly crushing it and having a better booth than you. It sucks when you get there and you like look around and you can just see that other firms just had a much better setup or that their branding is more crisp or that they just seem to have more attention, whether it's in the gifts or trinkets that they brought or in the TV audio setup that they've got. Like 
it's such a feeling of shame and remorse when you're like the booth that's clearly the most underwhelming. And there's other groups that are out there that are actually like crushing it. So that wraps it up for the five best and worst things about attending conferences purely from the sales or sponsorship point of view. If I missed anything, or if there's something that you want to make sure we actually bring up, please reach out to me directly at internaluseonlypodcast at gmail.com. That is internaluseonlypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. I'll have my bio in the show notes. But I hope that this was fun. I hope it was entertaining. Share it with your sales associates. Uh, share it with your managers or your divisional managers, head of national accounts. I want to know if this is something that uh, maybe I'm completely off my rocker or if these are things that more or less we all experience together when we run through the gauntlet of conferences and events. I've got a couple of episodes before the new year, but otherwise we are going to hit 2023 hard. Thank you for spending your time with me if you've made it this far. Appreciate you listening. I hope it's insightful, fun, entertaining, and all the above. But have a great rest of the sales day, week, month. Close out 2023 strong. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram at Internal Use Only Podcast or email us at internalusonlypodcast at gmail.com.